0: a dose of hope.com. Today's guest is Scott Schilling. Scott is the Executive Vice President of Strategic Partnerships for Be Connected, the first and only online social business platform that combines the attributes of online dating software for business with search engine capability and social media visibility, connectivity, and branding to create an intentional community of business professionals coming together to do purposeful business with quality and integrity. Scott, the Authentic Connector, is also a media host, executive coach, and international trainer and speaker who brings a unique combination of 35 years of life experience in coaching, sales, marketing, and training to corporations, business owners, entrepreneurs, and individuals. He's presented over 2,500 live events, sharing the stage with General Colin Powell, Suze Orman, Jack Canfield, Les Brown, former First Lady Laura Bush, and many more. Scott's life purpose is to inspire and empower others to serve humanity through living their life's purpose in spirit, love, and joy. Scott Schilling and Robert have a wonderful discussion about the power of connections and sharing your story. Scott is a true connector wanting to help others tap into their true potential through relationships. Scott shares his desire to see a world where more people are serving more people in their purpose with spirit, love, and joy. Well, Scott, thanks so much for jumping on today and just look forward to this, this great conversation and learning about your journey.
1: Uh, you know, it's always fun to share. Uh, I know you find this hard to believe stuff happens throughout life.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's the easy way to put it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Alright, so typically, my guests just share their entrepreneurial journey, and we kind of use that as the jumping off point for talking about being entrepreneurs.
1: You know, I I actually started, you know, my dad worked for the same company for 46 years from the time he was 17 till he was 63 when he retired. So that's what I saw modeled. So, of course, that's what I thought you did. And um, so I went to the, you know, went to university and got my degree and went out into the corporate world and rocketed through the company. You know, youngest sales manager in company history, youngest divisional manager in company history. Thirteen and a half years into it, I know you find this a shocker. Corporate America changed, <laughs> and and um, they, you know, they wanted some of the change, some changes that, you know, I, I understood why they were asking for them. I just didn't necessarily agree with them, and uh, they had every right to ask. I had every right to say no. I just didn't have every right to say no and still work there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, I. Uh, um, I chose to leave and uh, kind of jumped into the entrepreneurial market as a consultant and um, must've done a pretty good job because I got absorbed by the company. And we did that for a little while. And then I went back and became a consultant again. And then I got absorbed by another client. Uh, and I actually had that happen about four times in my career that, that I would go in and provide whatever level of expertise, you know, seemed to be necessary, but I would get so involved in either pioneering the product or doing the things that I was doing that I actually became part of the company. Um, it, much more entrepreneurial companies at that point, not, not the big, you know, 500 million, billion dollar companies. It was more the, you know, let's go kick somebody's butt with this widget kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, very effective in doing that. Then I jumped back out, and and uh, my training and everything I did helped take one client from eight million to a hundred million in about five and a half years. Uh, they were all pretty happy about that. I bet um, I was pretty happy about that. Um, and uh, you know, so some great experiences there. But then again, it, it, it's funny. Then then there are some other decisions that happen when all of a sudden there's lots of money in uh, some. Um, some memory loss started to happen. And so, <laughs> you know, some of the different things that go on there, I mean, bad decisions and stupid decisions and um, un- really unfortunate things. And so, you know, again, that's the life of the entrepreneur is not for the faint of, of heart. Um there are going to be challenges and there are going to be things that come up that you just go, there's no way they would be that stupid. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> they're that stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, every, every company, no matter whether it's, you know,
0: 500,000 a year or 500 million a year, they're still run by
1: somebody with this little blob of flesh between its ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, some bad decisions get made, and and that causes a series of other decisions to be made, and um, so again, the, but the you know the the fun of it. I mean, it, it's really interesting. One of the one of the companies that I that I worked with way back was actually a PhD who who his entire dissertation was on the entrepreneurial flame and he, and he said that was the, he was able to identify the entrepreneur by asking just a few questions and, you know, the, the flame that, that burned so brightly uh, inside them. Now the key though, was that that flame burned for about five years. (laughs) And then it was like, okay, we did that. Let's do something else. And so that's, Actually, part of entrepreneurialism is the, um, you know, you find it's the excitement of it all. It's the it's the challenge of it all. It's overcoming all of that. So, uh, it very interesting. In fact, we grew that business. He, we, I had him doing so many seminars. He goes, I never really wanted to work this hard. And I right. said, Well, it's your stuff. You know, I'm all I'm doing is selling you. You know, and he goes, Yeah we've done enough of these. Okay. Well, that that happens to,
0: to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? They, they start the business and they just get into the, I don't know if it's the American way, but there, there's this grow, 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 grow idea. And, and all of a sudden the business is doing all this stuff and they're like, wait, what, well, this wasn't what I planned. And and I did did this so I could take a vacation five years ago. They lost yeah. their intention of the design that they started with, and I think Absolutely. that's that's really important. One of the things that that I think is really important is that entrepreneurs design the life that they want, and then yeah. build the business to support it.
1: and And it's interesting you say that. I um, that's really where I am in my um, evolution uh, as a serial entrepreneur at these at these stages. I I had a hip replaced. Um, gosh, six, seven weeks ago now, I guess six weeks ago. And um, I literally came out of surgery different. Hmm. And, you know, instead of making 20 calls a day, I said, you know, three, I think three would be good today. Nice. And, and, you know, all of a sudden you start to redesign some things Hmm. and um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. When you slow down, or you know, sometimes you have something. Now I was fortunate; it was elective, and uh, other than I had worn out a couple of body parts uh, through too much fun for too many years, but um, the the just the being able to be reflective about it has been phenomenal. And what's happened is, I actually did a little rebranding in the process, slowed way down, changed some things, and as I changed things actually got far more efficient have companies calling me now to uh, because i changed my moniker to the authentic connector and all of a sudden you know people have known me for years and gone you really are the authentic connector hey can you connect me with and if you do we'll reward you with nice yes i can do that (laughs) so I mean it's it's interesting how the evolution continues
0: absolutely all right so so now you mentioned connecting and the authentic connector let's talk about the the, the value of connecting and the value of um, building and maintaining a network of relationships
1: it's all about relationships at least in my opinion uh I read c at the top, probably when I was 17 years old by Zig Ziglar. And there was a quote in there that forever changed my life. You can have everything in life you want when you help enough other people get what they want. So it was a positioning statement. So as opposed to focusing on growing my business, I knew that if I could help somebody grow their business by default, my business would grow. And so in, in, between the positioning, the focus, and all those different kinds of things, it's it's really amazing. And so, and I teach quite often, the chances of you and I meeting and you needing what I do the day we meet, maybe 5%. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe chance, half a percent. Yeah, maybe. The chances of you needing to know something I know or someone I know is probably 95%. Oh, so if, you, if you know that to be true, if you adopt that, I suggest you become an asset to everyone you meet. Asset is a five-letter acronym for a spontaneous servant every time. Become a spontaneous servant every time. The rest kind of takes care of itself. So, um, you know, when people have a podcast, as an example, it's not, hey, I want to be on your podcast. It's how can I be of service to you and to your listeners? And if that, and if you believe that to be true, I would love to do it as opposed to, you know, I'm, you know, do you really understand who I am? And I'm really, you know, all that, and you know, blah, 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 all that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's It's not about that. It's about the relationships. And, you know, one of the things that I always ask when people come on my show, is who do you know that I need to know? That's how I end every show, at least after the show. Yeah. That's why I've got so many amazing guests. Well, that's what it becomes. Who do you know that I need to know? Who do you know that needs exposure? Who do you know that would like to come on my show or that would like to come on a show, not necessarily mine, but a show? And, you know, who can I at least explore the opportunity with? And it's amazing. And again, you've got it. You've got it pretty well dialed in. Add value to other people. I mean, that's what it really is all about. Is when we add value to uh, others. I mean, it's funny. I'm just. I'm getting a call from a buddy that I've done three infomercials with. He was in town last week. He called, said, "Hey, I'm going to be in town for four days." I said, "Great." where you're flying into he said dfw i said 10 minutes from my house what time's your flight he goes i'm taking uber i said you're right you're taking the most expensive uber you've ever taken me and <laughs> i went me and dinner I, I picked and he did at in and out he went all he went whole hog and and it's only because he moved from l.a to where they don't have in and out. So he said, there's an in and out, we can go. because say prior so to cool. six
0: months ago, I'd have said,
1: man, that's amazing. But now we've got three of them. So <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway, <clears throat> the point is that that offer to just simply drive him to his hotel caused us to sit and talk about potential business opportunities, which then literally we have a call with one of these people who has now reached out to me and said, Hey, can you connect me with this type of person? Well, this friend is that type of person.
0: Mm.
1: So now we're, I mean, less than, uh, less than a week from when we first talked a week ago, you know, all of a sudden we've got a business deal put together, but it all comes because of, you know, 15 years of nurturing that relationship and being of service when and where you can be. Well, and
0: it's really the idea of, of going into these relationships to put the other person first. Yeah. And I think that's the that's not just the mindset, but but that's that's what Zig Ziglar was teaching and and John Maxwell is teaching and now you know so many others that you know, it, it really is. This world really is about how much you can give, right? Giving giving first without expecting anything in return and then letting the universe, <laughs> right? Letting that energy, that energy will come back because that's what it does. It, it doesn't leave a vacuum. And so if you're giving authentically and, and serving authentically and making connections authentically, more and more things just just start to happen because you're part of that energetic cycle. <laughs>
1: absolutely you know you, there's there's give and take there's yin and yang there there has to be giving and receiving and so if you are giving to somebody somebody has to receive that if somebody's receiving more than likely they will return and give and then you can receive now you don't give to receive but it's the natural byproduct so the the point is that that again my you know i mean my buddy said dude you don't have to come get me and i go i know i don't I want to haven't seen you in a few years. You're in my town. I got nothing else to do anyway. Uh, you know, you're 10 minutes from me. It would be a travesty to not be able to spend some time with you. And, and if it's all it is, is driving you from the airport to the hotel and we chat on the way we've accomplished something. Right. And so, I mean, people don't, it's interesting. He, and, And so then, you know, he did his thing for three or four days here in town. Uh, One day I said, I got somebody I need to introduce you to. If you got time, he goes, I'll make time. We had just a phenomenal meeting with another friend uh, again. And it's, it's like, well, what are we going to do? We don't know yet. But what you do is you create enough activity and you create enough churn. You know, if, if you're, you know, it's, how do you catch a fish in the ocean? You chum the water. Well, what's that? You throw out some pieces and you get them active. So how do you get them active? Well, in this case, in business, you have conversations. Hey, what are you doing right now that, that you're having challenges with? What do you, you know, are are there any people that you need to fulfill any projects you have going on? Are there, I mean, there's a gazillion questions you can ask to just simply find, you know, who are you missing? What are you missing? You know, buddy said, "God, we could use about two million in funding." You got two million? I said, "Well, absolutely not," but I actually probably know somebody who does, right? Well, so, that's i mean, the power I, of the conversation, right? Exactly. I mean, you don't. I'm really pretty solid at a lot of stuff. I am terrible at reading minds.
0: <laughs> you, you and every other person on the on the planet.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I don't try. I just ask questions. You know, uh, how can I be of service? Who do you need to know? How much time do you how much extra time do you have while you're here? If you have extra time, would you be interested in meeting somebody who does XYZ? Now They could just as easily say, no, don't have time. Don't want to meet them anyway. Cool. Nothing. I wasn't doing business with both of them before. I'm still not doing business with them. Nothing got worse. Right. Now, if they say, yeah, I'd love to meet them and let's explore the possibilities. And by the time you're done, they go, hey, you know, we should really set up another call and follow through on this. Well, now I wasn't doing business with them. I might get to do business with them. We still have some more work to do. That's called being an entrepreneur. You you Absolutely. just you you got to kind of sift through it all. Absolutely. So let's talk about that that
0: authenticity. I I mean I love the power of curiosity. I love you know just the ability to ask questions, the willingness to ask questions. Mm-hmm. The most obvious reason to ask questions is because I can't read minds, um, and so, <laughs> so so that's brilliant. Yeah. But but then the ability to to be authentic. I think there's I don't know if it's growing idea but there's still this movement out there of people putting on a facade and especially you know social media gives you a, a platform for that and and this online business space gives people a platform to to not be authentic and obviously you've worked enough in corporate and worked enough in to see where you know where people can be inauthentic but I think in entrepreneurship The the real growth can really happen when you when you put your real self out there.
1: Absolutely. You know, the the reality is that, you know, the people who say fake it till you make it and and all that. No, just not what it's all about. Faith it till you make it. Maybe have faith that you're going to be able to get through the situation. That's one thing. But the reality is, you know, I can't be you. You can't be me. We can't be somebody else. We have to be our, our authentic self. That gives us our vulnerability. It gives us our our real and raw nature. It it, it allows us to, you know, represent who we are, 24/7, 365. You know, I, I've done 3,000 live events. I have shared the stage with every name. You know, I can tell you every good one. I can tell you every less than good one. And <laughs> and the because the vast majority of less than good ones are one person on stage and a totally different person off stage. Mm. And and you see it in the green rooms. You see it by the way they treat people. Oh, it's all about respect. Hey, you idiot, where's my bag? Huh? What? <coughs> you know, one second there, pontificating all this, harmony. And the next second, they come backstage, and they rip their assistant or, I can't believe the airline did this or, you know, it's like, really, you know, and, and so, you know, Harvecker, you know, said, how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, and if you really think that through, it, it's really true. You know, how are you 24, seven, 365. Are you the same person? Whatever. I mean, the greatest compliment I get is, you know, when you come off stage and you've delivered something of value and, and then somebody comes up and says, Hey, can I, would you sign my, sign your book for me? Or would you, um, can I just ask you a few questions? And, and you say, sure. And they ask some questions and they go, wow, I can't believe you actually answered those for me. I'm like, well, you ask if you could ask them. I said, yes. (laughs) Why wouldn't I? What what am I supposed to do? I can't really not, right? And they said, yeah, but you're so nice about it. Well, why would I not be? Why am I any different or any better than anybody else? I've had different opportunities than people have had. I believe I've earned those opportunities. I've worked hard to get them. But sometimes I sit there and go, how did i get that opportunity or how did i get to speak on the same platform with name a name right and what you find out is it's typically well you've done the work i was backstage with john maxwell one time i said john i gotta ask you a question i said what's the what's the most frequent question you get and he said well it typically is something about how do i get to where you are (laughs) right one day at a time (laughs) And, and uh I said, God, uh, you know, that's awesome. But how do you answer it? He said, the only question I have is a question back to you. Are you willing to do what I did to get to where I am today? And that's the, the typical response. I mean, I've written checks to 19 mentors over my career. Well, I don't know if I need a coach. I don't know if I need a mentor. Yeah. But then you, that, that- you you do. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, everybody does. Everybody who's anybody has had somebody to model or somebody's to model. In in my case, you know, if I wanted success, I went to Jack Canfield. If I wanted stock market, I went to Freddie Rick and Mike Koval. If I wanted real estate, I went to James Smith or, or some of the other guys. Or, you know, I mean, I can name you the the names of people that if I wanted to learn that piece of expertise... I typically would seek out the best at it. And then my opening statement to them was, give me everything you got. And my commitment to you is I won't keep it. I'll share it with my students and my clients. And because I started the relationship that way, I literally got everything they got with their blessing to pass it along. Well, and and I think the best the best of the
0: best in personal development recognize a that there's nothing original anymore. And, and B that it's made, it's, it's, it's spiritual. It's made to move. If you try to hold on to it, you try to damn it up and protect it as if it's your own. It, it will not serve you or your clients or, or anyone else. And, and you'll get stuck with (laughs) this whole big pile of
1: intellectual property (laughs) that you just got from others anyway. Well, and that's the, I mean, it's funny. I've got two thoughts that sprung up to me. I coach intuitively. So when stuff shows up, I just say it. I don't know if it makes sense, but, you know, (laughs) but there are two different things that popped up there. Most people don't, you know, they're sitting there going, how do I make more money? How do I make more money? Well, what is money? Currency. What does the word currency come from? Current. Flow. That means you've got to put out effort, you've got to provide value, and you are rewarded with currency. You are rewarded in flow. And so, again, a a big part of this is um, you just, you have to let it go. One of my mentors said to me, he goes, Scott, you're the only guy who's ever asked me for every trick and every everything. He goes, number one, I'm going to give you everything I got. He said, most people won't do that but here's why I do it. Number one, I'm going to give you everything I got. Because more than likely, you won't execute it. Because because you'll think that your way is still better than my way. And number two, people forget it. So you got to hear something multiple times in order to grasp it. So he said, I'm going to give you everything I got. Well, here's what's interesting. A number of years later, He calls me. He said, I'm coming to Dallas. Can I take you to dinner? I said, are you buying? He goes, yeah. I said, that's unique. You you never bought me nothing. So I'm in. So he takes me to dinner and he said, I got to ask you a question. I said, what's that? He said, you're easily the you've sold more stuff than any other buddy I've trained. You you've done more talks than anybody I've trained and I've trained thousands of other speakers and stuff. And he said, I got to ask you a question. And I said, what's that? He said, out of all the thousands of people I've trained, you're the only one who did 100% of what I told you to do. And he said, I got to know why. (laughs) And I said, well, it seems like a fair question. I said, but before I answer, can I ask you a couple questions? And he said, sure. I said, how many dollars worth of checks did I write you? And he gave me a number and I said, that sounds about right. And I said, how many of those did you cash? He said, every one of them. I said, you now have your answer. Why would I write you all those dollars worth of checks and then not do what you suggested I do? He goes, you're the only one who ever has. And I said, well, then I can't control anybody else. But, you know, if I'm going to learn from you and go to the best, why would I do anything other than what the best suggests? And he goes, you have no idea how people... Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that might be good for you, but it it just won't work for me. Uh-uh. Well, I know you got a mentor. Follow what the mentor says. Oh, there's there's
0: there's so many things there, Scott. You just don't understand. <laughs> Scott, you don't understand my situation. It's just different than everyone else's.
1: You know what? Everybody's situation is different from everyone else's. This is what works. And you can you can do what works or you can continue to do what doesn't work because of whatever you're thinking is the right way. But why would you then retain me? Why would you do that? I've heard I've heard
0: others. I've heard Darren Hardy say that it's it's less than two percent that will execute. I have Napoleon Hill says two out of every 100 are, you know, are. At least in his book, Outwitting the Devil, two out of every hundred have the self-discipline and self-control to to do what needs to be done, um, and the majority the majority don't. And, and I see that play out. I've heard other guests share the similar story, and it it mine, it's mind-boggling to me that you would pay a coach ten thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars, and then and then not do what that coach tells you to do, especially mentors that are where you want to go. If they're where you want to go, do what they did. Wallace D. Waddle said it hundreds of years ago. If somebody got rich in your town, all you got to do is do do the things that they did to get rich and you'll get rich.
1: Experience is an amazing teacher. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's a very expensive teacher. Better to borrow somebody else's experience than go pay for your own. We will be right
0: back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R 2, dream.com. That's Empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Welcome back.
1: Let's get back to more greatness. Mm. And the reality is, when I chose to become an international I didn't. I don't think I chose to become an international speaker. I just happened to become that. But I chose to become a professional speaker, which means I got paid to speak, and I got paid a lot to speak. And uh, but I chose the guy who was the best at training people, not only to do it, but he did it himself, and made millions of dollars because he because he spoke on stage. And it used to be hilarious because I I became a preview speaker, which means I got paid for what I sold. And I would go to the speakers associations and everybody and everybody go, you know, people who get paid by the hour, right? They get paid a lot for the hour, but they got paid by the hour. And they go, what's your topic? And I said, whatever the promoter and audience need it to be. And they go, that's a terrible answer. I said, well, it's actually the only answer that really works, because it's not about me. I'm the guy who delivers the message. It's about the promoter, and then it's about the audience. I'm third in the equation. Well, I, can you make any money doing that? I've done pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm. I've had some pretty good hours. Help, help enough well, people what, get what they the want. What's best hour? Six hundred eighty-four thousand dollars on stage. Is that? Whew. It's a pretty good hour. No, it's I'm not, not going to say that. That's me. a hard one to match. Well, I'm not going to say that. Now, it's fun. You say that, and I I thought that too until my buddy, till I watched one of my buddies do a million three in an hour. And I was like, hmm, I got some room to improve. So, yeah. but I mean, it becomes audience size and opportunity and things like that. I get that, but the point is that that people get stuck in their sphere of understanding, right? If they don't know the other side of the business or they don't understand what it's like. And yeah, I like getting paid a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time. I do those too, but I did thousands of events where I had a $4,000 product that I was presenting and it everything re- related to How many people took advantage of that opportunity by the time you were done? As for our entire team, our entire group, everybody, you know, so again, there are multiple ways of accomplishing things. If you're going to do a certain thing, find the person that is the most like you from a who you are, your authenticity, and then emulate them from there, whatever you do. Don't find the person who's totally inauthentic compared to you and try to emulate that. Number one, you'll crash and burn. You'll hate yourself. You'll hate every bit of it and and you won't be successful anyway. You've got to be you. You can't. I mean, when I first went into the industry, I had a guy handed me the presentation and he said, here's the presentation. This is what we want you to do. And I said, that's awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. No, thank you. Right. And he said, but this this presentation is killer. I said, this presentation is killer for you. It will not come out of my mouth. And I appreciate your desire to have me do it. I will not do it. It's not authentic to me. I, I can't do that. And he said, well, what would you do? I said, I would rewrite the presentation in the style that works for me. And he so he said, "Go ahead and do it," and I did it. And he said, "Well, that'll never work for the audience." Well, it sold like twenty-five million dollars worth of stuff with it, so it must have worked for some people, <laughs> right? But I could do it authentically. Absolutely, I've never, I've never represented or presented products that I don't either utilize myself, believe in fully, whatever. I don't do stuff just to do stuff. That doesn't happen. Because that's inauthentic.
0: Well, not just inauthentic. I, it's a that's a level of character, right? That 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 I think you know, character is is having a having a line that says this is who I am, yeah. and this this doesn't equate to who I am, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to put myself there. I'm not gonna you know be somebody that I'm not for the sake of dollars or for the sake <laughs> of this product, you know. And and so I. I think characters character's pretty important and, and obviously personal growth is built around character development um, really and, and thinking but but there's plenty of people though that,
1: that will sacrifice their character for money. Well and that's what again, I was honored that this the owner of this company would suggest that you know he wanted me to do the presentation, but I could not do that presentation in good faith the way it was done. Not that there was anything not legal or anything like that in it. It just was from a style side, it was, it was very aggressive towards the audience. And, mm-hmm. and that's not my style. I don't ever want to sell you anything. I just always want you to buy a lot from me. <laughs> Therefore, it's my responsibility to create an environment for you to want what I have. Some people sell. I create an environment. I get you to want what I have. When you want what I have, if you make that purchase, you will never be mad at me because you made the purchase. Whereas if I sell you, there no doubt there are gonna be people mad at you because then buyer's remorse sets in, cognitive dissonance sets in, their spouse beats them up as to why they're so stupid that they got talked into it. There's all sorts of stuff that happens. But if I can give you all the logical, natural reasons why this is good for you and you and your family will benefit because of it, you will make that decision. You will take advantage of it. You will be served. I will be served. We'll all be served. That's super powerful, obviously.
0: (laughs) And you know that because obviously you've been doing it for many years now. uh,
1: Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying I'm old? uh, No. That hurt. Ouch. Did it hurt as bad as the hip? The or replaced. Come
0: on. <laughs> yeah, I've had too many already replaced <laughs> for, for my own age. So I, I definitely understand that. All right. So obviously you've created a lot of flow. You've 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 made you made a lot of money and, and shared a lot of money and had a lot of success. How has how has
1: contribution been a part of of your growth, of your journey? It, it's actually all, I mean, it's part and parcel to all of it. Um, my first book, Talking with Giants, uh, came about at the time I was in i was in a corporate position, one of the companies I got absorbed by. As I affectionately say, I was eight years into a five-year plan. Uh, <laughs> we were going to be public in five years and I was going to be a gazillionaire and off to my next project. And it was three years later, I still wasn't a gazillionaire and I was grinding it out for the stock play. And uh, we went to an event, there were about 800 people in the room, and and Cynthia Kersey got on stage and made this impassioned plea to support Habitat for Humanity. Women, we're going to build 40 homes in 40 days, we're going to drive all the nails, we're going to lift all the wood, we're going to do everything. Men, the only thing we need you for is your money. So write us a check to support the Women's Build Program for Habitat for Humanity. Well, it hit my heart like nothing had ever done it. And I was sitting next to two buddies, one on each side. And, it, it, you know, when we all kind of it hit our hearts, like we got to support this. This is just like the coolest thing ever. And the one on the right said, I'm going to write her a big ass check. And he said what the number was. And it was a big ass check. Uh, there was no doubt about it. I'm like, whoa, dude, uh, I didn't realize, you you know, you could do that that easily, you know. I mean, I was impressed. And then the guy on the other side, well, wow, you know, that's a big-ass check. I'm not going to write one quite that big, but I'm going to write her a check. And it was still a big-ass check. And they both looked at me at the same time and said, what are you going to do? And I said, I can't. I've never felt so small in my life. Hmm. Um, I was in a stock play. I was going to be a gazillionaire someday. It just wasn't that day. And, and so I didn't have discretionary cash to do what I really wanted to do. And I just, like I said, I've never felt so small in my life. And so I went to the back of the room and I walked up to Cynthia and I said, I'm Scott Schilling from Dallas, Texas. I got a lot of friends with a lot of money. I don't right now, but I can't really ask my friends for their money for me to help support you. But I'm going to figure out something. She said, what can I count you for? I said, I got no idea. I said, I'm just coming back to tell you I'm committed. She goes, so what are you committed for? I said, I got no idea, but I'm gonna do whatever I can do to help. And she goes, okay, great. It's kind of one of those, okay, greats like, yeah, sure. Heard heard that before. And and so um, the event ended that night, it was about six o'clock. LAX Marriott you know the seminar hotel in LA right by the airport I had a a 1215 a.m. flight home nice and uh, so I'm sitting in the lobby and awesome mark Victor Hansen and dear Abby come walking by (laughs) and mark goes Scott what are you doing oh I'm just hanging waiting for my flight have you had dinner no why don't you come with Abby and I okay So I go and, well, it doesn't end up just being Mark and dear Abby and me. It's all the speakers, including Cynthia, including, I mean, it's all the names that were at the event. We're at this dinner. So I'm kind of sitting there and I'm going, it's weird. I know a few of these people. I mean, and they're kind of giants, you know, gosh, you know, I, I know some of their backstories and, they all—they haven't always been giants. In, in fact, you know, some of them came from some real humble beginnings to who they are today, you know. But every one of them, you know, Cynthia supporting Habitat, you know, Mark supporting the American Red Cross, the, you know, all of a sudden they all supported some philanthropy. I said, "What if I wrote a book? What if I, what if I told each one of their stories? I mean, I know enough." friends that are big enough names that I think people would buy the book to hear their stories. And what if I told the story about who they supported and why they supported it and maybe that we could support it with them? That was my first book called Talking with Giants. There's 21 charities tied to that book. Um, Basically, I told the stories of the Giants, how they Came from where they came from, who they became, who they supported, why they supported it, why we should think about supporting it with them. The real synopsis of the book is generosity builds prosperity, not the other way around. Mm. You don't prosper and give, you give then prosper, you don't give to prosper, but the natural byproduct of giving is prospering. And so I I didn't really know Cynthia other than meeting her earlier. And I said, well, you started all this. You got to be in my book. (laughs) And she goes, have you ever written a book? And I said, no. (laughs) You're going to be in it. You're going to get that same. Well, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And and so Cynthia's in the book and the story's in the book. And um, the basically... The book has been used. In fact, everybody can get their own free download copy, uh, twgfreegift.com. Uh, you can download the whole book for free. And and hopefully it'll in, incentivize you or entice you to want to support one of the charities. I don't care which one. And if you don't like any of the ones in the book, find somebody. So kind of a long answer. But the, the reality is ultimately it's about It's one of the parts of life is contribution beyond self. It's giving back. It's, you know, how can you do it? Quite frankly, um, you know, I've got a TV show and I've got a podcast and people come on my show sometimes to, to talk about give back. And I go on other people's show to sometimes talk about give back. It's how do you help people? achieve their dreams, their visions, their whatever. You know, Mother Teresa said, if you can't feed 100, feed one. Cause some impact. Do do something. You know, so again, people ask me all the time, how many people watch your show? Got no clue. Well, don't you care? No. (laughs) Why don't you care? Because all it takes is one. And again, I suck reading minds. I don't know who the one is. So put out good content consistently and it's amazing what happens. Somebody will go, wow, that's a good idea. Gosh, could I do the same? Anybody could write a Talking With Giants type book. I just talked to the friends that I knew. I, I kind of turned their focus onto philanthropy. And we assimilated that to get people to think about supporting
0: something Mm. so that's it all right so so what did you do with that besides besides create the book obviously that that was a huge driver motivation but feeling so small in between those two guys saying hey i'm gonna write this check hey i'm gonna write that check did that drive you to do something different with discretionary cash and, and positioning yourself to to support
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't have the discretionary cash, so I wrote the book instead. And the proceeds from the book have gone to the charities. So I couldn't write the checks, but I could write the book. There's always something you can do. You know, I mean, people sit there and say, well, yeah, but stuff costs money. Okay. Can you smile? Gosh, if you can smile, you just impacted at least two lives, yours and theirs didn't cost anything, might have even felt good. Might you know, have the, <laughs> you know, the reality is do something. You know, it doesn't have to be the greatest thing. I mean, I've had my ups, I've had my downs. Ups are more fun. <laughs> yes, know. they are. But but the fact is, just because I have an up, I don't get hopefully I don't get stupid. And just because things turn the other way, hopefully I don't go stupid that way either. I mean, we were, I don't know if anybody else experienced this. There there was like, I was in Colorado Springs doing a training on March 1st, 2020, or March 2nd, actually. I flew in on the 1st, did the training on the 2nd, got a call after the training ended that said, oh, by the way, you know, this contract of us going from city to city and doing this training for like quite a while uh, is over. Excuse me? One phone call. It's called a worldwide pandemic and shutdown. Yep. I was starting a new new group,
0: had a at had a, a boardroom booked and hadn't had a meeting on
1: March 17th all by myself. Yep. And <laughs> and so all that, you know, I mean all the training we were gonna do, all the tickets, all the stuff that was all ready to go ended. And of course, because you're doing that, there's nothing else going on. And so you go. Ooh, this isn't good. But what do you do? You you utilize experience and talk to friends and relationships and you rebuild and you rebrand and you if you're an entrepreneur, it, it's not gonna just happen once.
0: Right.
1: It's gonna happen multiple times. You're gonna get kicked in the teeth more than you wanna know. You so- know, but it's it's part of it. So you you reconnoiter. <laughs> big fancy word for something, I don't know. Anyway, you, you you put it all back together and you start again.
0: Absolutely. All right. So what, what's been the impact of hosting a podcast and, and a TV show?
1: It's the, I have yet to have anybody say no to me to come on the show. I've had one person say not now. Um. I've had the ability to talk to virtually well not virtually to everybody i've wanted to you know and and because you know part of it is the show isn't about me the show is about them and how to serve them you know you've got a great story how can i help you get your story out to serve you more so that you can get broader so blah 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 right so i mean i've talked to I talked to a guy who started a business with a couple thousand dollars, 25 years later, sold it for 6.7 billion. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, he came on, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh, I've talked to guys who, you know, former NFL players who left the NFL so they could be stay at home dads and do mm-hmm. the most important job they've ever had to do. Amen. I've, you know, I've talked to, people whose names you know, and I've talked to people that you go, why the hell are you talking to them? <laughs> Sounds like my show. Well, but I'm talking <laughs> to them because they're doing good things in the world and people need to know it.
0: Amen. Absolutely. So,
1: I mean, if you're not doing a show right now, I would ask why, why aren't you? Well, maybe people won't watch. Oh, So you're a mind reader. Wow, then teach me that. (laughs) How do you know? What if they do? You know, it becomes the, what if they do? Who could you have served? What if your story helps one person? What if that one person becomes the next Mother Teresa? What if you saved the life of the next Mother Teresa? I mean, she wasn't on that path right then. But now 10 years later, it's like, gosh, if I didn't have that encouragement that day, I was done. You don't well, know. Absolutely.
0: So one of the powers of coaching, I think, one of the powers of the position that, that you and I are, are in is the, the idea of borrowed belief. You talked about not faking it till you make it. And you mentioned faith it till you make it. And and I think a coach, a mentor can, can believe in somebody before they believe in themselves. No doubt. And, and inspire them to, to a a new level of greatness.
1: Well, and that's what it is. You just, it's interesting because I'm uh, I've had the pleasure of working with somebody now for about the last three, four weeks, maybe. And they are, an awesome sponge (laughs) and sent me, actually sent me a message today that just said, I just want you to know how much it means to me that you would take the time to invest in me and, and make sure that I'm learning along the way. And, you know, you don't have to do that. Well, I know I don't, but I choose to. And, and that's the difference. It's what choices are you making to invest in other people? You know, that's your opportunity, you know, as we get a little older and as we, you know, have experienced more things. I'm going to suggest, and I don't know the number because I don't keep track of it. But I bet you we've experienced far more less than positive events than positive events. I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen a study on it, but I would, just, I would bet that's probably true just because of the general nature of so many people not seeing positive in things that happen. Mm. And, but the reality is if we're counting them and they're less than positive and it outnumbers the positive, well, that's not a good thing. So you got to make the decision that those are all learning events for me. Somebody asked me one day, "What's your greatest failure?" I said, "I it hasn't happened." And they said, "Come on. That's that's just one of those speaker trainer coach answers. That's ridiculous." And I said, "Okay, for whomever else you've talked to, but for me, it hasn't happened." So nothing has ever gone wrong. That wasn't the question. <laughs> The question was, what's the greatest failure? I've had lots of stuff go wrong. I've had, I mean, hell, I had a near-death experience. You know, I mean, i the reality is I've been through some crud. That's why my last book is called That Sucks, What Now? Yes. Real world, real world solutions for getting through what you're going through. Some of my favorite lines, so I love it. Well, it's not. It's not that stuff isn't going to go wrong. It's what did you learn? What solutions did you develop? What did you learn when they went wrong? Uh, In the book, I, I talk about five questions to ask in every less than positive situation. What's the lesson? What's the gift? What did I do to create it? How would I modify it next time to make it better? How is this going to serve me the rest of my life? The reality is now you turn any less than positive event into a learning event. And a learning event now becomes positive. So I had a near-death experience. What's the lesson? Uh, When when you flip open the back of your SUV, you duck underneath it, it hits you in the back of the head and about cold cocks you, and you got a headache for eight days, go to the doctor. Yikes. What's the gift? I'm still alive, even though I had a full-blown cerebellar stroke. What did I do to create it? Well, I went out to the SUV. I was in a hurry. I balanced a box of books on my knee. I flipped open the back hatch, ducked underneath it. As fast as I threw it up, it bounced and came back and hit me in the head. How would you modify it next time to make it better? Sell that car. Don't ever keep a car that attacks you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How is this going to serve me the rest of my life? I'm going to tell the story of how blessed I am to not only come through a full-blown cerebellar stroke intact but I have all my faculties and mm-hmm. I was on stage 23 days later. Mm-hmm. The fact is I've had people walk up and say thank you I'm leaving here and going straight to the doctor. I've had a headache for 12 days and I you know oh I feel like I've probably saved a life or two. Or, I, or I've grown some awareness about strokes or whatever. The point is it's only failure if the four letter word quit comes in. You know, stuff gets tough, stuff gets bad. I have had plenty of tough stuff. I mean, I just had one hip replaced. I got um two weeks from today, I'll have the second one replaced. I was at the doctor yesterday. They said, we don't know how you're functioning. You've got a half a femur head in the left side. Hey, but great news. There's only two. It was exactly. It's the worst (laughs) hip I've ever seen. I said, I've always been an overachiever. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. You know, I mean, you know, okay. So you did a great job fixing the other one. Now get this one and then I'm back at it. Let's go. Obviously, you know,
0: that sucks. Now what focuses on on gratitude. And and I I think your near death experience, you you mentioned gratitude. Um, How how powerful is gratitude?
1: Well, I, I actually did a talk about a week ago, gratitude, not aptitude develops your altitude. So it's, you know, it's, it's really your ability to be grateful in all situations. There's something to learn in all situations. There's something to be grateful for. There's uh, growth equals awareness plus inspired action. You can't grow until you're aware that there's the ability to grow. Mm. And then you've got to take some inspired action towards it. Well, you know, if uh, hell, I mean, I was walking along and also my legs stopped. I was standing on two tingling stumps. I started to get disoriented. I started to fall back. I'm grateful there was a railing I could grab onto. I got a friend who threw a chair underneath me that I fell into. I'm grateful my friend was there. I was walking with seven people, three of them doctors. Coincidence? I think not. You know, first thing one of the docs says is, what's your phone number? I gave him my phone number. I said, why the hell would you ask me that? Can't you see that, that I can't walk and and I'm all disoriented? he goes, oh, no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I was cold. I was gray. I was clammy. I was sweaty. I was in the middle of a full-blown cerebellar stroke. Am I grateful that they were there? Unbelievably. You know, the, the. would I choose to have the stroke? No, nobody would. Am I tremendously grateful for everybody who took care of me through the entire process and everything I've learned because of it? Hell yes. I know that I've been able to help a lot of people with it. So, again, it's... You know, the old, you know, somebody throws you a lemon, make lemonade. It, you know, somebody, there's, there's an opportunity in everything. That's why there's a yin and a yang. There's both sides to everything. Every time something less than positive happens, there are positives that can come out of it. Gratitude is the thing about being grateful. It's actually in the book, I, I talk about a term I created. Called positive discontent. Hmm. And what I mean by that is being unabashedly grateful for everything in your life, and yet knowing there's probably still more ahead. Hmm. So it's positive discontent. I mean, you learn to be contented in all things, but it was a play on it. And it came from a guy saying one of his 10 rules of life was never be satisfied. And I said, man, what a shame. I mean, never be satisfied that you've accomplished all this stuff and never be satisfied. You've yeah. got to take that time to stop and be grateful in that moment. Okay, now I can go on, right? Which was positive discontent.
0: That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty powerful. <laughs>
1: All right, Scott, you mentioned earlier that,
0: that these hips are because are you enjoyed playing too much. But how important is,
1: is playing fun on this journey? Oh, it's it's imperative. I mean, why are you doing what you're doing if you're not having fun along the way? Um, I'm not going to suggest that there haven't been periods of time in my life where I got way too far one way or way too far the other way. <laughs> um but the what you what you recognize is that um, again in the book i i term it as the seven seven steps to living your legacy and i use the acronym balance belief in the higher source align yourself professionally live a healthy lifestyle achieve financial freedom nurture your relationships Contribution Beyond Self, Educate Yourself Consistently. It's about balance. But what I talk about in the book is is purposeful imbalance to be balanced. In other words, if you are in your professional task, be there 100% of the time. Be a 10 and then come back to center. And then if you're playing, be a 10 and come back to center. People are trying to multitask. They're trying to be a two professionally, a a five spiritually, a this, this. Doesn't work. Be where your feet are. Be present in that moment. How many times are people looking at their phone to see the next text while they're in the middle of a conversation? How do you think it makes that person feel? Quite frankly, how effective do you think it makes you, right? So again, I haven't, I tried to do the multitasking thing at periods of my life was which why I wrote the book that says stop it, it's stupid. (laughs) I mean, if if you're playing, play, if you're working, work, Mm -hmm. if you're being spiritual, be spiritual, be where your feet are. Do the thing that you're doing, be present right then and there to get the most out of it.
0: Love it. All right, Scott, spend an hour chatting with our entrepreneurial audience and you're going to leave them with Scott Schilling's words of wisdom. What would you share?
1: You know, you got it within you. You know, Les Brown said, you got to be hungry, right? You just got to want it. You if if you're an entrepreneur, you've got it inside. You're gonna make you're gonna be off course far more than you're ever on course in your entrepreneurial career. That is not the problem. Don't let anybody tell you that. It's learning to be off course less often, less far. You're gonna zigzag. That's gonna happen. Just don't make them such great sweeping changes. You know, get do this, you know, get get the tail going in the in and flipping straight away. I
0: like that racers call it straightening out the line.
1: Yep, exactly. You know, I mean it's I I use the example, you know, if you leave Dallas, Texas, flying to Honolulu, you got southern trade winds, the pilot does not come on and said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anchorage. That's never happened. They course (laughs) correct the entire way to Hawaii.
0: Good thing they do because who'd want to end up in Anchorage if you're (laughs) thinking you're going to Hawaii? (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: Scott, thank you so much for sharing so much wonderful wisdom, for taking the time today to to add value to our audience.
1: I sure appreciate you. My pleasure. Anytime I can be of service, you can always reach out. Pretty easy. And please get the book, You know, twgfreegift.com. Again, if you got any questions after this, just reach out to me. My email, I try to disguise it, but it's scott at scottshilling.com. So it's not that hard. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review.
0: We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode... Sean Anthony is a go-getter and shares his story of corporate success, but wanting something different, and when he looked at the podcast world, no one looked like him. He wanted to help others like him find success, so he started Schools Over Now What? the podcast, and he's interviewed successful celebrities and created many successful collaborations.